0: Today on The Breakdown, sometimes you have cards, and Clint Eastwood seems to be staring back at you. And who are you? You're just a nobody. You're the guy who gets shot. You're the guy who gets killed at the end of the movie. It's not what you want. (laughs) But sometimes there's someone who's quick, and sometimes there's someone who's dead. Because poker's just a shootout sometimes, Grant. It's just a shootout. It's who's got the most courage, and who's going to run yellow-bellied, scared, and be a coward, you know? And that's kind of what we end up with in this hand. It's a big hand. It's a big money hand. It's a cash game from Live at the Bike. It's a 25-25-50 game. Everyone's got lots of money in front of them. And we have renowned renowned, renowned psychotic poker player, and just psychotic in terms of his poker play, Andy, against Nick Vertucci. And, you know, it's one of those hands where no one ends up really with a whole lot of anything, but guns will be a-blazing anyway. And will someone be able to step up and make a call or a fold that must be made. We're going to get into it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey,
1: Same sort of stakes as a,
0: as a shootout where somebody dies. <laughs> I mean, for some of these guys, maybe, maybe for Andy, for example, he owes money. Across all throughout L.A. And, and he's about to get killed. They're like, we're gonna not, we're done, bra- we're done threatening you, Andy. This is it. This is time, and we're gonna, we're gonna kill not just you, we're gonna kill your whole damn family. <laughs> now, let me be clear. I don't know Andy. I don't know anything about him. I'm not saying it was any money to anyone, but that would really raise the stakes for him, right?
1: So if we imagine that as we discuss the hand, it really makes it feel <laughs> a little bit more emotional and yeah. like you're connected to to the real the need. The primal instinct for survival that there, is present in these players. There
0: are very few times in life when you're playing poker truly for your life, but like there's a few examples. This is one. Of course, Mike McDean and the happened, Rounders. It happens in Maverick all the time. It does actually. It does happen. <laughs> yeah. It seems like in every movie, there's a bit where it's like, "I better hit this card, <laughs> otherwise I'm gonna." Actually, die. the most literal time it happens is in About Time. Oh, I've not seen that movie. I, I've heard it's really good.
1: No, it's not about time. Oh, oh,
0: oh, you mean the the freaking... The Justin Timberlake movie yeah. where
1: like the currency is how many years you have left to live and you can steal yeah. it by touching your wrist to the other person. Isn't that called about time? <sighs> Maybe it is. It's Maybe not it is. good. It is not a good movie, but he literally bets his whole life on a gut shot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> he calls off. Uh, he calls way, way, way. He calls almost his entire life on the turn, right? Yeah. And then uh, or like a lot of his life on the turn with just a gutter. Yeah. Yeah, but he hits it. Yeah, and so he looks and the other guy is top set. By the, way. <laughs> the rich guy who doesn't care whether he gets there or not and yeah. doesn't affect him to lose as top set. So good job, JT. So that's the that best movie could have been so good. That that's such a cool idea. And yet,
1: well, uh, they had to change the mechanics of it. They can't make it like you can yeah. steal somebody's time when by they sleep touch, by touching their wrist when, with your when, wrist.
0: They're, <laughs> when they're lightly napping. You yeah. can kill them just by by touching your wrist to their and you're
1: highly incentivized to do so by the way, because that increases your life by however many years they
0: have and and that is the currency. Yeah. So you basically you get rich anytime anyone goes to sleep. Basically, you just you just your job is just to be a servant in a rich person's home. Wait till they fall asleep, steal all their <laughs> money and get the hell yeah. out, right? It's easy. Yeah, it's no, an easy not life. calling your whole life with gut shots. You idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he was already rich. He had already got enough money. He didn't need more money. I think he needed more because of whatever plot device oh, required him to know. have more. Oh, maybe you're right. Eventually. No, I think at the end, they just want to free everyone from the the boundaries of like people hoarding time. You know, there's well, like banks with I'm time sure, in it.
1: I'm sure they had some number he needed to get to buy a certain time in order to achieve whatever bullshit goal they had.
0: All I know is the movie was indeed about time. <laughs> anyway, that was probably enough of that. I think we went far enough on that one. Also starring, starring Amanda Seyfried. Oh. As like a several hundred-year-old woman who looks like she's 22.
1: Well, cuz everybody looks like they're 25, I think yeah. is what it all, is. All
0: all the rich people. Like his mom is Olivia Wilde, who's oh, yeah. actually his age. Actually, yeah. everyone does, you're right. Not yeah. even the rich people. Even if you're even yeah. if you're living in poverty, you look great.
1: You you age till you're 25, you stop aging, then
0: you die once you run out of money. This is my kind of world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want it to be like that. Everyone looks amazing no matter what. I love that. <laughs> cool. Anyway, yeah.
1: You know who looks amazing these days are the suggestors of this hand.
0: Yeah, they are looking quite good. We have the, the cameras. The remote cameras are still working. Yeah, I can, I can verify see. That. I
1: can see Mike Frederick in camera three. Yeah, uh, let me win one in camera seven. Casper uh, Quack is in camera thirty one. You do
0: have something on your on your chin there. You, your you know, other side. Yeah, you, you got a got Casper. Okay, got it. okay.
1: And Leo Chen, can you can we bring up Leo?
0: Oh, what's going on with that? He, he's in a dark room. Oh, okay, good because yeah, I he's thought sleeping. it was. Just, that's sweet. It's cute. Turn on infrared. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there he is. There's okay, there he Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he breathing? Can we hit the blue light? Can we see like a little more information? <laughs> there it is. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs>
1: anyway, those are the four suggestors of the hand on Twitter. We are, of course, the poker guys on Twitter. When they suggested they included a YouTube link, that's the only way to do
0: it. <laughs> How's that puberty coming, my friend? You know, someday. <laughs> uh, we've been doing this, this podcast for like five and a half years, and... You used to hit that high note a little more than you do now, so I guess it's, it is coming along, but it's yeah. been a really slow train of puberty for you. Hey, whatever. I'm 33, and
1: I still get carded sometimes. It works for me. Okay. Tell yourself that's what's going on. It's because I'm beautiful.
0: I think it's great that you know, I look sometimes like you're, an, you're trying to sound like an adult, and you hit the high notes I without look, really I look to. like
1: an about-time person, <laughs> <laughs> except you're not pretty.
0: What the hell is that? Why would you say that? I mean, I thought we did truth on this podcast. Don't we do truth? You call me ugly on the podcast? I didn't call you ugly. I said you weren't pretty. That's a completely different thing. I'm like... I said you weren't like an an eight plus, an eight or better. I didn't say you were a two. I'm like a solid six. Are you?
1: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Solid six, huh? Really? It's hard hard to know. (laughs) Is it? (laughs) Wow, this is getting
0: really mean. I feel like this is really mean and hurtful. Yeah, you're married. What do you care? I mean, I, I still care. You do? You're a three. Why do people care? Why do you care? Your wife thinks you're good looking enough, I guess, apparently. Wow. Maybe she just thinks your personality (laughs) you are such a dick. Society uh, society, loves Feels people. great. Feels great. I
1: don't feel great. I feel bad now. I'm going to do a bad job on this podcast and it's all your fault. It's worth it to me to have
0: had this moment of joy. Of just being a complete dick? I wouldn't call it that. I think you are placing so much... Let's get into this. No, <laughs> I don't think we should. I think should. you're placing so much value on um, what the rest of the world thinks about how you look. Like, why do you care if we all think you're not attractive, for example? Why would you <laughs> care? Why does that bother you? It's, that's, you should. It's only what you think about yourself that matters.
1: Everybody cares a little bit. I don't know if that's true. You I don't care at all?
0: I didn't say I don't care. I said... You said everybody cares. Okay, most I don't think people, everyone cares. Most people. Um, you know, I think some people have divorced themselves from that, and most people haven't. But, you know, maybe that's something to work towards uh, rather than blame everyone else for being such a, <laughs> such a porker. You know? <laughs> 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 what is... <laughs> You're just in a mood I'm today. just kidding around. You're in a
1: bit of a mood today. I huh?
0: just, you know, I, I like to take the bits as far as they're willing to go. And you, you don't know until you're there, until you hit the wall. I think we just I finally we'll hit the We'll find wall. out how the audience... They're not going to like... I, I'm not going to come off well on that one, I don't think. But yeah, that's okay. That's obvious. That happens a lot. Yeah,
1: it does. <laughs> Let's get into it. Hey, I got, uh, I got some people who aren't going to come off so well on this hand, I think. Yeah. Specifically a player who... Isn't really involved in the hand, but man, it's just one of those classic bad decisions. Let's get to it's it. It's a classic live at the bike bad decision, it feels like, even though we
0: see it in other places. But we still. do. Go on. We see it on Poker Time also, we do. of course. We do.
1: Which is, of course, our show that you should watch, you bastards. All right.
0: It's good. It's on YouTube, but continue. All
1: right. So this is going to start with a player named Chris. Not going to factor into the hand very much. He has $40,000 in front of him in this 25, 25, 50 game. He's going to open seven, six of clubs under the gun to 125. So he's using the tournament sizing that we've been seeing so much of in cash games. Yeah,
0: I don't like it when you have the third blind, but hey, they do this a lot. So... I don't know. I haven't, we haven't run any of the uh, preflop stuff through solvers. I wonder if there would be interesting to do that, actually. Maybe we should do that at some point. Yeah. But anyway, continue, please. All right. So the first action is after that is James, who has
1: 31K and is not going to factor in the hand either. But he has nine deuce of diamonds, and he calls in the cutoff. So I
0: just wanted to talk about how that's terrible. Let's take a moment just to revel in the awfulness of this play. Like,
1: what the hell? <laughs> what are you doing, James? Uh, this play is as
0: ugly as my face. Damn! Don't be so harsh on the see? play. You see, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thanks. Um, this is this is crazy. This is horrible. We do see this on poker time. Poker time is played is a five ten game. But whatever the stakes are, the stakes like to different people they have relative value, right? Um, this is. I mean, the fact is in in every big game you're going to have guys maybe not like this wide, but guys sort of like this who are just calling wider than they even though they're supposed to be, but they don't care. And that's what makes the game run, right? Guys like this make the game happen. And uh, yeah, that's I mean, part of, that's why everyone. That's why Andy wants to be in this game. It isn't because Garrett's in the game. You know, it's because because James is in the game who calls with nine deuce suited. Yeah, and that guy named Abe who is always making those terrible decisions. Right. I mean, yeah. th- th- what a what a gift to be able to play at high stakes with these guys.
1: It is kind of ridiculous that that's a thing that you can do. But it really, is here we are. James calling with nine deuce of diamonds in the cutoff.
0: Sorry if you're a listener, James, but you kind of needed to hear it. Yeah, I mean, that's a really bad call. Don't yeah.
1: don't do that. All right. So Nick Fertucci is on the button. He's got $20,000 in front of him, so 200 big blinds, effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, he has ace seven of diamonds he decides to call. Seems like a perfectly normal decision. I can't be upset with that. That seems great. Falls to Andy in the big blind, which is not really the last action preflop because there's a third blind again. It's 25, 25, 50, so he's put in 25. Yeah. And he's got ace queen off. Do you think this is more of a call or more of a race?
0: I feel like mostly this should be a raise. Even when under the gun is the opener? Yes. Um, Because if we call, we're going to see this pot five ways almost always. We're going to be out of position to the the entire world. And Ace Queen does not play well in those circumstances. Like plays terribly bad. It's really hard to make a lot of money. It's hard for good things to happen. I think we have to raise, and if the under the gun wants to four-bet, we fold. It works as a squeeze. Sometimes we're just going to pick up the pot. Sometimes we're going to get heads up, or three ways at least, and it'll be better. Also, we'll have the initiative. That'll help us a little bit. I think this is mostly a three-bet. If we were suited, you could at least make a case to call, but I really... I just don't see how we're supposed to call. Be out of position four and mostly five ways. It just yeah. seems bad.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Is um, you just run into the classic problem of like you have a value hand, but you're folding to a four bet.
0: Yeah, you just, you have to do that with some of your value. Yeah, you just have to, and it sucks. And there's a lot of hands we're not going to do this with. You know, we're not going to three bet at all. We're just going to call. Um, but yeah, we're just we just have to do it with Ace Queen. I think.
1: Yeah, and Andy has a pretty wide three bet range, so. I mean, he can get called by a lot of hands that are worse than ace-queen that he has significant ac- equity against due to his reputation. I mean,
0: Andy's rep may make it that he's not always going to fold to a four-bet, either depending on sizing and stuff like that. He may feel... Obligated. I think if the under-the-gun guy 4 bets, you pretty much have to fold. I don't know who Chris is, assuming he's an unknown who does... But Andy's reputation is well-known, which I'm sure it is. Um, I agree. You probably just throw it away. Because him and, him and Chris both have 40K
1: in front of them. So that's pretty significant.
0: Yeah. I mean, if Chris makes it 2,400... Like, yeah, we're out of position. Ace Queen, he's under the gun. He doesn't have to do that. We'll probably just fold. I think you're right. Yeah, that's 800
1: blinds effective. And by the way, I said Nick had 200 blinds effective. It's actually 400. Mm -hmm. Um, So Andy does three bet. And I think I agree with your points. Cool. And it's just like one of those hands. Ace Queen off is kind of
0: a crappy hand to have in a deep stack game a lot of times. It plays well as like the best three bet Bluff if bluffing, but if they call it's okay, but yeah. sometimes it's
1: not like you can still flop a very strong hand that has other hands th- of value beat, you know?
0: And sometimes you flop a very strong hand and you are that hand of value that is beat. Yes. because sometimes they flat with ace king and don't bet it and stuff like that, especially as deep as we are, you know? Right. Um, but I could see Chris, for example, if Chris has ace king deciding to bet ace king here. Cause he doesn't want the whole world to come in behind him. Yeah. And it's Andy. And he's just like, you know what? Whatever. Like we'll put more money in. Um, so in some ways, that plays to Andy's advantage, where when he's called, he almost always has... Um, he's almost never dominated, at least. That's kind of cool. Kind of cool. Anyway. Anyway, he does it.
1: He makes it 625. Yep. Seems like pretty good sizing. Sure. I got no problem with that. Chris, with the 7-6 of clubs, decides to call. They are very deep, and he has position
0: on Andy. Maybe Andy should make it slightly more, because they're also deep. And he's... And there's already... eight like hundred three 800? Yeah, 750. 700 even. It's probably all more or less the same. I think we're splitting hairs a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Go on. So Chris calls, which is, you know,
1: relatively loose. But like we said, we are very deep. Seven, six of clubs is a hand that can play very well post flop. I think he's supposed to call.
0: James ends this atrocity and folds the nine deuce of diamonds. So James donates $125 to the eventual winner of this hand.
1: Yeah. And uh, Nick is kind of forced to call in this position, even though
0: he's often
1: dominated by at least one of his opponents, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think Chris really really has to call here. um, And I think Nick really has to call here.
1: All right. That's what Nick does. He calls Good. Jonathan. Tell
0: him about our book. Our book is called "How Can He Fold?" Incredible poker decisions broken. Ah,
1: <laughs> ah you did it again. You
0: almost, it's been so long since you messed that up. Rat. Let me try again. Take two. Our book is called "How Can He Fold?" Incredible poker hands broken down decision by decision. That was for Andrew T. Um, it's a book that we wrote. It's wow. about poker hands that are broken down. We break down actually 37 hands in fun bite-sized chapters, Grant, three to five pages each. It's a text conversation as if we're texting back and forth with our phones about these hands. We stop at big decision points, have big discussions about them. But that doesn't mean it's boring. In fact, it means it's wonderful. Yeah, we have fun with it.
1: We, yeah. we joke around. It's like, it's like the podcast in a way where if you enjoy the podcast, you'll enjoy the book. The book is more drilled down analytically because we spent a year writing it and really went over all of our points in the hands. And as you know, with the podcast, we just watch a hand and and talk about it. And, you know, we we think we do a pretty good job on the podcast, but the book is like, really, we had time to think about everything in pretty extreme ways. Um, Starts with the least complex hands, ends with the most complex hands. And we think, basically, it's a way to learn about poker while having fun.
0: How can you go wrong with that? I mean, it's hard to. It's, It's the biggest and most interesting sort of tournament spots they're all tournament hands. It's some of the most famous players in the world playing them and some of the best players in the world playing them, but it's off, you know, millions of dollars are on the line. There's a lot going on in these hands. It's a really fun and quick read. It's loved on Amazon. Let me tell you that we're getting like 4.7 stars or something yeah. like that by our, by our reviewers, go to the poker to be able to purchase the book. You can get an ebook there. We'll also take you to Amazon and if you use the link, we would appreciate it. Uh, that's the whole thing, right?
1: That's the whole thing. And a little feather in the cap of the book. Oh, yeah. Um, now our book is going to be taught in a, a, it's a class for academically talented juniors in high school. It's called Modes of Mathematical Thinking. Our book is going to be taught in that
0: class. It's an advanced mathematics class. And yeah. How about that? So yeah, how, yeah, it's a summer, how that it's like summer a class st- for
1: advanced math students. You stinkers. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Everybody should learn from this book.
0: I mean, it, and to give you guys a sense of it, that doesn't mean it's boring. It's actually yeah. not boring. That's that's why it's being taught. I'm just making that up. I don't know why it's being taught, but um, but that's but that is the idea that it's it's a fun, easy read. Even though we still get you, still going to learn a lot about poker. Yep. All
1: right. Thepokerguys.net. Go get it. Yeah. All right. So after the preflop action, we're three ways to the flop. We've got Andy with ace of clubs, queen of diamonds. Chris with six, seven of clubs under the gun. Nick on the button with ace, seven of diamonds as the effective stack. Having started the hand with about 20K. The pot is $2,125. The flop is three of spades, eight of diamonds, six of diamonds. So Nick flops well. He flops an nut flush draw. Chris flops middle pair. Yeah. And nothing for Andy except for the backdoor Third, nut flush draw. So
0: what do you think Andy should do? I think Andy should probably bet. I mean, it's not like a great board, but it's not horrible either. A lot of times these guys are going to miss or be in situations that they don't love. Like if since Chris called from under the gun, I'm putting him on a hand like nines, tens, mm-hmm. something like that. He's going to call at least once here for sure. Because we're Andy, it may be hard to get him to fold down the road, too. But um, but we can win with over We can. We have the Queen of Diamonds in our hand. That's a good blocker if a diamond comes. There's a lot of good things that can happen. I think we're just supposed to bet here. By the way, 10s are in a weird spot anyway. They've got a guy behind them. Yeah. They're not going to love it. I don't think they're supposed to fold. It seems bad to fold, yeah. but still, I think Andy's supposed to bet and put pressure on everybody. It's a,
1: it's a multi-street plan, though, right? If you yes. get called in only one spot. If you get called in two spots, maybe shut down. But
0: Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. And, of course, there are certain cards that are going to come that may scare us. Um, especially if we get called in two spots and a diamond comes, we're probably not gonna like treat the Queen of Diamonds as a, as much of a blocker, right? Yep. Um but yeah, I think this is I think we're just supposed to bet on an eight high board, even though it's a little wet and we're not, it's not gonna get through that much, but it doesn't have to, right? The pot's got some size to it.
1: Yeah, I mostly agree. But Andy decides to check for some reason. Okay. Well, the solver thinks that Andy should bet eighty six percent of the time, although it has no EV difference between betting and checking. So I guess it thinks they're worth about the same amount of money.
0: Yep. It's just about balance yeah. with all the other hands it's, it would be betting or checking with.
1: Right. He does check though. Chris okay. Chris checks, which is interesting. I think Chris should consider betting when the aggressor checks and you have a middle pair on a that's very vulnerable on this board.
0: I agree actually. Like Nick Vertucci absolutely also can have over pairs here. He can have things that he's not going to fold, but like you're usually ahead. I think when Andy checks, yeah, and in fact Andy's checking, and I would guess if Chris bets, like we I mean, know Nick would never fold here with enough. No, draw, of right? course not. But I would guess that's the end of Andy. Like if Chris bets, Nick's going to call or raise, and he's going to fold, right? Yeah. And that's a huge victory already for Chris if he gets rid of the three bet guy. You know, like that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, it's
1: not a huge victory to get raised. It's not. No, no, that would be that would
0: be a pretty bad spot to get raised, of course. But if he just gets called, he can still have the best hand and stuff like that. He obviously can have not the best hand too. Clearly, yeah. I mean, it's not gonna. It's not. It's gonna be hard for him to win the hand because Nick's behind him with the A seven of diamonds, right? Like, it's just gonna be hard if Chris bets here. But I still think he should bet. Yeah, I think that's probably true. He does check though, and.
1: Nick, of course, in position is going to bet here. Yeah. How much do you think Nick should bet with the
0: nut flush draw? There's 2,125 in there on this board. I think you should bet something like 1,250, 1,300, something like that. Yeah,
1: something like that. Sure. Like, in case Andy has... Like, if Andy has a hand like Ace King or Ace Queen, we want to make sure we fold that out. Yes, like that That's would be pretty great. important.
0: That would yeah. be super nice. We
1: know, of course, that we're not going to get through Chris no matter what, probably. But we don't know that as Nick when he's checked... Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I, I like a bet of, of about that size. Nick instead decides to bet 700, which is interesting. It's so I, small. I just feel like it's too small. Maybe he thinks – maybe he's trying to set up a three
0: bet. I mean, that's that's the one reason to do it, right? If you think, like, Andy has check raises in him here, then then we would set up a, th- a pretty clean three Spoiler
1: bet. Spoiler alert, he's not trying to set up a three bet. But that would yeah. be a good reason to do it. Yeah. Other than that, I don't see why Nick's doing it. And since I know the future and I know he's not going to three bet yeah. – it makes me really question the sizing. Yes. Yeah, the, the solver agrees bad. with us. Um, the it's solver it, likes betting fifteen hundred a lot better than it likes betting seven hundred.
0: Yeah, just to give you a sense of it, the solver thinks it should you should bet fifteen hundred ninety-six percent of the time and bet seven hundred less than one percent of the time. And like check almost four percent of the time. It's like if you're gonna bet seven hundred, check. Motherfuckers. That's what the solver's saying.
1: Right. And, and it, it, we're we're all on board. As with far that. as expected value, the solver thinks that the fifteen hundred dollar bet would be worth fifty-six dollars more than the $700 bet that Nick does make, which is, in fact, a 3% difference based on the expected value of each play, according to the solver, which is a significant difference. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't really understand Nick's sizing here.
0: Uh, I like that he bet, at least. It's good. That is good, sure. Um, Even, you know, to set up a 3-bet... Betting bigger sets up a, a really cleaner three-bet, Where actually. we get to go basically all in. Right. Yeah. Don't we kind of want to be able to do that? Yeah, that feels better.
1: Like, we don't want to three-bet and get called and then be in no man's land on the turn.
0: Right. By the way, a diamond comes, then we shove, and yep. then the guy maybe can get away from it, whichever guy it is. You know, they, right. we give him a chance to get away if we, if we get there, and we... Yeah, I just... It seems like... This seems like just a clear mistake. It almost feels like he's watched um, Art Papazian play, and he's like, well, Art bet's super tiny. Yeah, Art does always bet tiny. Art bet's too small, by the way, but Art is doing it more with more thought, I think, than this. This just feels like uh, I'm just betting small because I'm betting small, yeah. the end. And Art's doing it because I think he's thinking about ranges, and I think he's actually a little too locked into tournament play also. Yeah, that's doing possible. It, and not, not making enough of an adjustment there, but still, Art clearly is way more successful, and seems to be doing everything with a lot more thought. Right, and this just feels like uh, a mindless, I'm going to bet small because I've seen guys bet small.
1: Yeah. All right, so now Andy's sitting here with Ace Queen and, and Nick has bet 700. Yeah. And it kind of feels like you can't fold this hand when Nick, who, you know, has a has some moves to him, you know, we've seen him bluff plenty of times on Live at the Bike. Sure. Gets checked to by two players on this, like, low coordinated board and decides to bet a third of the pot. Like, it feels like folding would be a little bit exploitable
0: i mean you would think that we're rarely in huge trouble like if like we think all our outs are clean is what i'm saying like rarely does nick have ace eight obviously he can because he has a seven suited but rarely does he have ace eight or a six or something like yeah, that. yeah he could right? have sets of course of course he could and he could sure. have eight six suited probably okay but a lot of time if we hit an ace or a queen we're good yeah um we have the queen of diamonds is like a little bit of backup if it goes diamond diamond yeah but if we turn a diamond we're, we, we're not folding right um, so, and it's, it's cheap. I think we can reasonably call here. It wouldn't be the end of the world to fold, but I think if it was a bigger bet, we could fold. It's so small into this pot that, you know, there's tw- there's 28, 25 in there and it's 700 to call. We're getting four to one and we don't think Chris is very interested in this pot.
1: Yeah. It's a... usually would be betting, right? Yeah. So, you know, there is a third option. Yes. Which is, is raising and I kind of spoiled it.
0: That, you that, is, did. that is what happens and he is going to raise um, I think as a, resu- as a direct result of this tiny bet by Nick is why. Probably. It's crazy, is and guess. also
1: to shut out the types of hands that Chris actually has, like any middle pair type hand. Yeah, it's we true. Want, we want to shut that out. So I kind of like that as a thought process as, as for why Andy would decide to check raise. Uh, so Andy does raise. He raises to 2,000. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this? What do you think he's repping?
0: Over pairs. Like he's repping like aces and queens and... And so, in his so mind, think, that's probably what he's... What so you think
1: he, if he had a hand like aces, he would just never fold on this board?
0: Um, I think that's probably true when Nick bets so small. Maybe he would find a fold if Nick puts in a, a strong three bet with aces once in a while. He'd probably go very player-dependent on that yeah. and like tank for a really long time and call or fold, depending. I, I My guess is he might even do it something like... If he, I'm saying aces and queens because he blocks those things, so in his mind, maybe... I mean, yeah. he's the only one who's likely to have those anyway. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you know, but in his mind, maybe like he doesn't fold aces... You know, he, he calls with a few of the, the biggest overpairs, and he folds some of the slightly smaller ones, because if Nick's making a play with like the nut flush draw, queens are more, val- more vulnerable than aces are and stuff like that. Um, I don't know, I'm sure he goes very player-dependent. But I think he doesn't want to let Chris in. He doesn't want to let Nick see a card super cheap. He's happy to pick it up right now with the hand that he has anyway. Of course. He doesn't want action. It doesn't seem like anyone's super interested in this pot. It doesn't look like Nick is interested in protecting his hand. No. Right? And in some ways, Nick isn't. Nick has a hand that doesn't really need protection. No, it doesn't. Um, Chris doesn't seem interested in the hand. James is long gone. James is like, oh, I want to flop so good. Um, So... I actually... I do like this play now that we're talking about it. It does seem strange to me. It, it's not a play I would really think about making, I think, in in the moment very often. I would usually be thinking... I probably would default just to calling not yeah. uh, thinking hard enough about it. But actually, I really like this as a raise now that we're talking it out.
1: Yeah. I think it makes plenty of sense. Um, the Solver thinks the raise is fine uh, it wants him to call actually more frequently than raise it wants him to call 78 and a half percent of the time which is a lot yeah and he wants and it wants him to raise the rest of the time it doesn't want him to fold ever um, pretty much but yeah. there is no significant expected value
0: difference between the raise and the call that's interesting now it doesn't know about the third player in the hand right
1: so f- it might like the raise a little bit better if we get to shut out the 76s of the world i think it it's got to it's yeah.
0: got it's got to think it's better and we can see that like almost certainly if he calls i don't see how chris is ever going to fold for 700 right with middle I, There's I like agree. no chance. I agree. It looks like Andy, Andy can have sevens, but we block that as Chris. Andy usually doesn't have a better hand than that. Unless he's slow playing in a super weird way. He has a lot of like ace king, ace queen. Nick doesn't have to be strong either. Having yeah. checks him. Six is a very easy call. If not a raise, right. like as like, so, so yeah, so I actually, the more we talk about it, the more I like this as a raise for sure.
1: I do too. And I think, yeah, I think I agree that he's repping over pairs. Um, I think the things that make the most sense for him to have here are over pairs, nut flush draw and sets, which he probably has all those in his range, but of course he has something that's a lot worse than any of those right now.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I guess he can also have just big combo draws cause he's Andy. He might've three about the nine ten of diamonds or the seven, nine, nine of diamonds. diamonds. Yeah. Hands Four like or that. five of diamonds. Yeah.
1: That's certainly possible. Yeah. All right. Well, he does make this raise to 2000. Yep. Uh, this gets rid of the six in the hand, which is a great result for Andy already.
0: Yeah. so Great result really for both the players. Yeah,
1: Chris folds. Um, yeah, mostly mostly for Andy, though, because now he actually has the best hand, which is cool. That and is Nick kind of has to get there either way. That is true. Uh, so, obviously, Nick can't be folding here.
0: There's no folding.
1: The question is if he should raise or if he should call. And a ra- like because of his sizing, the raise is weird, right? Like... With this hand, you kind of want to effectively go all in, but that's kind
0: of a huge raise. No, you can't reasonably go all well. I mean, you can, but yeah. it's, it's a bad play. I think I think we just... Okay, first of all, I think we absolutely should be raising Andy of all people. If Andy has an overpair, we're almost 50% against it anyway. I guess Andy can have some sets, but so be it. I mean, is the plan to call and do what on the turn? Like, Andy's probably going to bet big on the turn. We won't be able to if we if we miss we're not going to be able to just flat, yeah, and then we're going to have less fold equity if we move in, you know maybe maybe very little as a turn no with the hand that Andy actually has if he continues maybe that's not true but but in general right against all against these strong ranges um so I think we should just be re-raising. I guess, though, when you're saying, like, Andy's range is basically overpairs, sets, and nut flush draws. Well, we have the nut flush draw. We block block most of the combo draws with the seven of diamonds, too. That's like
1: the traditional range you could assign somebody who takes this line, but this is freaking Andy. So the range is definitely more expansive than that, as we see.
0: I think what Nick should be thinking about is what we were talking about, which is, like, Andy might be check-raising with a lot of hands here because it doesn't look like... Because you just bet so incredibly small, you might have induced this play.
1: But then you could... Convi- you could level yourself into thinking that you're leveling yourself.
0: Yeah, but at least we have the nut flush draw when we're doing it. You know, so it's like if Andy has kings, we're like forty three percent. It's okay. Yeah, like I can be wrong and still be and it can still work out great.
1: Yeah, we block aces at least.
0: Yeah, maybe we run it twice. You know, and I get there half the time. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't know, do it. We just chop up Chris's money. I don't know. You get to do it however you want to do it. Depending on how much money you have and how comfortable you are as as Nick. Um, I think we should raise as Nick, even though it sets up some weird stuff. We raise with the intention of never folding if Andy were to shove. Um, we raised the intention of shoving the turn. Mm-hmm. If we could make it 5,500 here, Andy's going to call. There's going to be something like 13,000 in the pot. We'll have like 11,000 back. We can shove pretty reasonably on the turn. And it's still we still have full equity. It looks strong.
1: Yeah, I think I prefer a raise also. I yeah.
0: mean, we can definitely rep sets. Yep. Um, and we shove whether we get there or not kind of a thing. Yeah. And just that's that. When we get there, we're a lot happier. But when we don't get there, hey, I have a set of eights. Yeah. I guess if we hit a, the eight, a, an ace on the turn is the one time we could decide to check and let... Oh, we'd be checking back though. Yeah, we could check back. We could check back with an ace though. Yeah, yeah it's fine because then we don't need we don't need to get any folds. Yeah, like, and he's not going to fold a better hand then. Uh, sorry, a worse hand then. Yeah, better it's hand. A better hand then. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. Leveling yourself over there, love. I just did. There's a lot of levels in this hand, man. So yeah, so this feels like a pretty straightforward. All right, I guess I know I have 400 blinds in front of me, and uh, here we go. But. I think here we go. I mean, yeah, especially against Andy. Yeah, Andy and Garrett's whole game is like, do you really, we've talked about this, do you really want to put in all this yeah. money against me? Because I'm going to put on all, all this money against you. You've decided if you're willing to do it against me, and most people's answer is no. Right. So I think we have to say, I am willing to do that if we want to play in this game with these guys. And sometimes you're going to take some really big hits. Yeah. But also you're going to get some folds that, you know, that are awesome. And sometimes you're going to get calls and get there with a hand like this. This yeah. hand is ready-made for this situation. It feels like
1: it, it is uh, the solver, not knowing that Andy is Andy does want Nick to call 20% of the time, which is, you know, more than I would kind of have expected. Yeah. And thinks the expected value difference of raising and calling is similar. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost negligible. It's a 1% difference. So I don't know. I I think knowing that it's Andy makes me really want to raise though in general. Yeah. Instead, Nick decides just to call, which as you can tell based on what we've said I'm not a big fan of.
0: Yeah. Uh, by the way, the solver, um, also, we gave it two options. We gave it an option to make it uh, 10,700, which is more than we really should have, honestly. But to, to raise pretty big, like a committing amount, yeah. basically, or to go all in. And it likes going all in way more. Although maybe of those two, maybe if we made it more like 6000 Maybe maybe it would have been different. We, maybe we screwed that up. We're not going to go back and fix that. So
1: No, it's too, too late bad. now. <laughs> it's too late now.
0: <laughs> it's too complicated. Yeah.
1: It <laughs> they, they won't matter in the future for the solver because, of course, Nick just calls. The
0: yeah. point, though, is the solver actually prefers an all-in to a call, which is interesting. It is. Because it's a big all-in. It's, and it's like, whatever. Just It's better to go all-in and like get paid when you get there and get the fault when, you know, sometimes. And all all the outcomes are better.
1: And it's freaking Andy. The solver knows that. Yeah. Obviously, you. You just said you yeah had to agree with me, but it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> what is true is that if you use the link in the description of this podcast to sign up for Nitrogen Sports, you get access to our exclusive Poker Guys monthly tournament. Jonathan, tell them all about it. You said, what is true? What, what is truth, though? What is true is that if you use the link in the description of this podcast, you huh. get access to our exclusive monthly Poker Guys yeah. only tournament. Jonathan, tell them all about it. <laughs> huh.
0: I'm really gonna into that. Um, yeah, so Grant, the monthly poker guy. You're doing okay, tournament. man. You'll, you'll distract it. <laughs> no, I'm thinking about truth and beauty. Oh, okay. Or the absence thereof. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we have a monthly tournament. Cough into
1: that microphone while I do that. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll do the ad. We have a monthly tournament. You only get access to that using the link in the description. Uh, It's a a guarantee of 1,000 buy-ins. We never really get any more than about 100 players, meaning it's a great deal for everybody who plays. You could shove every hand. You'd still be plus EV in the tournament because of the guarantee. It's pretty sweet, just like the rest of Nitrogen, which has sports betting. It has casino games. It's super fun. They give you your money fast. It's Bitcoin only. You get your money out in 90 minutes after you bing something and you withdraw. That's pretty great. Get on Nitrogen. Get you some poker. Yeah. All right. Thanks for doing the ad, Jonathan. You're welcome. I really appreciated that. What uh, is
0: appreciation?
1: This is a this is just the worst. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So after the just call from Nick here, the pot is six thousand one hundred and twenty five dollars. The flop was three of spades, eight of diamonds, six of diamonds. The turn is the ten of spades, which does not hit Nick, but it does give him a gutter to go with his nut flush. Draw. I mean,
0: that's pretty cool.
1: It is nice to pick up equity. Always yeah. love picking up three that more outs. equity. Yo. All right. So the question now is, should Andy keep going? Should he go for it here?
0: Okay. That is a good question. So we just got called on our check raise. So we know Nick wasn't just
1: completely like fooling around right. when he bet 700 on the flop. It's because very he, unlikely. Because he called. Like right. He could have been fooling around if he three bet. You could have been fool- fooling around if he folded. But when he calls, he has something of some value.
0: I mean, usually. Usually, I don't know. I mean, he can be floating a little bit too.
1: Yeah, but you really wouldn't. You wouldn't really expect him to show up with the king jack of clubs here, you know.
0: That's true. No, I'd expect him to show up with like maybe backdoor spades. Like mostly, I'd expect him to fold his his non value hands. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. But he can show up with a, a few stuff. Yeah, a few. But mostly, you're right. It's mostly value. So should we continue now? I kind of think we shouldn't. I kind of just want to give up as Andy. Like. The 10 also hits some of Nick's range that, yeah. that
1: might have folded if a different card came.
0: I like, agree. Nick could have a hand like 9-10 and have played it like this. Totally. 9-7 yeah. makes the nuts. 9-10 makes top pair. Um, that's, I guess, kind of it. I guess 10-10 he could. have. If he has
1: add. 7-10 suited, he could have
0: played it like this. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Um, it just it doesn't seem ideal, this yeah. card. There are better cards we could hit. A, b- a big Broadway card feels like a way better card for us. Yep. You know, any Broadway card. Uh, I guess a ten is a Broadway card, but I mean, any paint or an ace or anything like that just feels maybe like... maybe like
1: the three pairing would have been good
0: for us. Yep. Yeah, probably even the six pairing is probably okay. Yeah. The three pairing feels like pretty darn safe yeah. though too. Um, ten is it's not the end of the world, but I don't love it. A diamond feels even a diamond seems even worse. Although we have the queen of diamonds in our hand, so it's not too bad. Uh, turns out it would be a disaster. It would be bad. Yeah. But but it seems like it's it's probably. Uh, an okay turn card for us if it's a. So bet. you're
1: leaning towards a check now. I want to check. Yeah. yeah. What do first, you want to do? At first you wanted to bet, and now you want to check.
0: Um, when you say at first, what do you mean? That was your initial hit was you wanted to keep going, as Andy. Oh, then I thought about the ten. Yeah. So yeah, I do. I don't think I think I want to check and just kind of give up. Check fold if Nick bets. I think so.
1: Yeah, I think I kind of want to do that too. Um, it does feel like a little bit too coordinated of a card. He has something usually. Usually it's not a float. Yeah, I guess if we're going to bet, I think I prefer a big bet. Yes. To try to fold out what was once top pair or a six or something like that.
0: Or maybe get a bunch of the draws to fold. Yeah, that's all good for us right now. Like we'd be thrilled, even if we have the best hand in quotes. Like we also want to make a bet that um, maybe it's not going to be easy for if he has four or five of, of whatever. four yeah. of of hearts uh, that he's not going to like feel like he can raise us off our hand. Something like, you know, if we, yeah, bet, so I would want to bet big, but I, yeah, I think I just want to check give up.
1: I, yeah, I think I agree, but you know, Andy's not that guy. No. So he does bet. And to his credit, he bets big, which both of us prefer over a small bet, right? Yes. He bets more than potty, bets 6,300.
0: Yeah. He's saying go away with your draws or your middle pairs or your what your pocket nines. Right. Whatever it by is. the way,
1: Nick started the street with about 16 K. Yep. So this is quite a threatening bet to
0: Nick. Yes. It also says, like, I'm often going all in by the river.
1: Right. right? So Andy's still basically repping the same things he was repping on the flop. Yeah, I think so. And uh, so as Nick, this is kind of like a horrible scenario for you that Andy bets this much when you have this hand and there's only one card to come, right? I mean, it kind of sucks. I got
0: to tell you, it kind of sucks, but it's also kind of nice that it's Andy. There aren't very many people where I would feel like I know exactly what to do here. But, Andy, I feel like I know exactly what to do as, if I'm Nick, right? Like, aren't I just supposed to move in and not worry about it if I'm Nick? Like, I have I have a combo draw. Uh, I probably have some fold equity against this one guy. Maybe Garrett is another guy who could actually have fold equity against. Very few other people at this table are going to three bet, check, raise, flop, bet more than pot on turn and not have it. Yeah. Andy might not have it.
1: And, and as we see, he doesn't. So, yeah, I think if I'm
0: continuing this, Nick, I prefer to just move in right now. Um, but one, the other side of it, of course, is if Andy doesn't have it, and since we have the nut flush draw, maybe we have the best hand and we could decide, I guess, to call here with the intention of calling most rivers, that which seems, feels super hard to do that's in a practice. Am, that's a
1: pretty ambitious plan.
0: I'd rather move in and actually we could fall, maybe we could fall them out of, a few things that are actually ahead of us. And
1: to the point of it being Andy, the reason we would want to move in against a, an Andy type player specifically is because he's capable of having a better hand than us that can't uh, call our race, like, like the handy has, right? So if we took the line of call, call, mm-hmm. think of how disastrous that would be against ace queen. If we missed the river. Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh no, totally. I want to avoid that scenario. I, I agree. Um, the idea is that maybe Andy wouldn't feel obligated to bluff the river with ace queen. Um, you when, might, though, but Nick, he might. Once or Nick calls ace. a pot-sized bet on the yeah. turn,
1: you're really not putting him on ace high. But
0: he might be giving up. You might just give up because he called more than pot on yeah. the turn. And he only has 10K left. You probably give up a lot, right? True. Um, that is the other side of it is like Andy might give up a lot on the river and with then, his bluffs. But
1: are we bluffing? If if our intention was to yes, call call so and right. then Andy decides to check instead of move in, are we bluffing or are we
0: <sighs> checking? I don't like either option. They both sound like we're going to lose. This is why I want to move in right yeah, now. Yeah, me too. Like, uh, it's just cleaner. It's we just could cleaner. fold,
1: I guess. Like we, we haven't even thought about that because we have a combo draw, and us poker players hate folding combo draws, but you know, we're not getting an incredible price with one card to come.
0: We're getting not a good enough price, but it's not wildly far away from the price that we need, and there's got to be some implied odds there. If, for example, if we were to call. like If we call and a diamond comes and Andy's been bluffing, he's putting us all in, right? That's happening. If Andy's bluffing and we get there in any of the ways, he's gonna move. I us guess in.
1: that's an advantage of calling here is that we might still get paid if the diamond comes because it seems less likely that we would have a flush draw, having never put in another aggressive action after our flop. Bet. It
0: reminds me of that Sam Greenwood, steven Chidwick hand, where Greenwood check calls out of position with um, like more than a pot size bet on the turn with a nut flush draw against Chidwick, where he actually it was a similar spot. It was ace six of diamonds against like ace jack. Yeah, and uh, he called. And we, we figured out we – well, we didn't figure out. We decided or we thought that maybe one of the reasons why – or the big reason why he called instead of folded that hand is because it's impossible for Chidwick to ever put him on diamonds, and Chidwick would always bluff diamonds on the river. Yeah. And so the implied odds are basically 100% if you get there. Yeah. From, and, and that's exactly what happened. Like a diamond came, Sam checked, Chidwick effectively moved in everything but one chip and had to end up folding yeah. everything and leave himself less than like a quarter. What was he getting he like
1: eight. 550 to one or something, something
0: incredible, but ace jack high, he knew wasn't good enough. Yeah. And that's what was, that started this whole discussion of like sooner or later, this is going to be a bluff. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs>
1: anyway, in practice, I think I really just want to move in or fold here as Nick.
0: Yeah. I really and don't, I really don't like Nick's lack of aggression in this hand post flop. Well, you say that now
1: because spoiler alert from Jonathan Levy, Nick calls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which we hadn't said yet.
0: Well, I mean, I, that's not why I said it. Now I said it because I don't like it, because I don't like it. It's not. It's not about a timing thing. Okay, fine. You spoiled it for everybody. Uh, you spoiled. You spoiled stuff for everyone too in this hand.
1: Yeah, but that was less important. It was not.
0: It was, no. Th- this is a travesty. What you've done. <laughs> <laughs> See now you are going around making people feel bad about their lives. Isn't it nice? <laughs> it's like better than you think, right? It feels a lot less personal <laughs> than what, <laughs> the things. How is what I said personal?
1: okay good point (laughs) all right yeah so personally i don't like nick's line here i don't like him calling i think against andy specifically i'm gonna shove against a lot of players i'm just gonna fold that's my thought
0: yeah um because we pick up the combo draw with it and we're getting close to the right price and we have the ace as well i it's hard to fold man it's hard to fold
1: it's hard to fold against andy but
0: like there's a lot of players against someone that has a monster
1: Right, like, against a lot of players who aren't going to have King Jack ever and three-better out of the big blind like Andy did, right? okay. and Andy might have, like, and then they usually have it when they check raise and then bet turn. Like, I might want to fold against those players. I
0: mean, but, like, what's the kind of hand you expect those players to show up with when they take the, the line that they've taken? Right? Overpairs and sets. Right, so, like, sets are going to be a problem. and Well, not always, but sets are going to be a problem sometimes. But, like, overpairs... Like we also have our our aces that we can hit against That's the overpairs, true. and that actually then means we are getting the right price again. It means we have fifteen outs, not always, but some of the time we have fifteen outs, and then we're we are getting the right price if if we have fifteen outs or almost again. It's we need a li- we need to make a little bit of money on the river all these times. Yeah. in fairness, but we are sometimes going to make money on the river, right? For sure. Yeah, um, we're going to make a really strong hand once in a while on the river and make money. Although that type of player
1: might be check folding like overpairs on diamond rivers.
0: Yeah, and but like on a nine river, are they going to just check fold? I don't know. It's a four-liner to a straight, but... But we have to have a seven, or right? Yeah. How do we have a seven? Yeah. We could have pocket sevens, I Seven, guess. ten suited? I guess, yeah, but there's not too much. Seven, eight suited? Yeah, seven, eight suited. But again, there's not too much there, you know, like especially if diamonds miss, it's going to be hard to fold.
1: Yeah, but that's against a non-existent player that we're not playing against. True. We are playing against Andy... Right. So, I think I want to move in
0: because he's he can still be wide here, yeah. And like, let's just we'd be so happy to take it down right now, yeah. And when even called, if, even still, if Andy
1: just is sitting there with King Jack and you know, whatever he was bluffing anyway, I'm fine with shutting out his equity, yeah. Doesn't matter to me, that's cool,
0: yeah. There's uh, there's what th- almost $14,000 in the pot, right? It's going to cost us $16,000 to make a play at this right yeah. now. Yeah oh, man, it's it is a little problematic if Andy's calling like a fair amount. I guess he's we're gonna get some folds, though. We know we're gonna get some. Yeah, falls. it's Andy. It's Andy. Okay. That's the whole point. And that makes it okay then. Yeah. Okay. Um Nick decides just to call though. Yeah. And
1: the solver, to be fair, likes calling. It really deeply prefers calling. Now, there is something to that though, because the solver is playing against itself when it's doing these things. Right. And what the solver said about Andy's play is that it wanted Andy to check 98% of the time. And bet 2% of the time with the hand that he has. So that means that for the sake of balance, the solver has a lot more showdownable hands as a percentage of its range than Andy has. You understand what I'm saying? No, say again. Okay, because the solver wanted Andy to check this hand 98% of the time, right? And bet this hand only two percent of the time Andy
0: we're talking yeah okay and, oh, oh I see Andy yes right, right. yeah
1: because that is what the solver thinks about Andy's range, right, right, and the solvers
0: playing against itself right now it's blind to Andy's range right, right. right. and I get you
1: and so it thinks that Andy's range is of far course. more ch- showdownable
0: than it actually is right when it takes this line it's yeah. like yeah it's like yeah, we don't really have full equity yeah what's the point of moving in that's just dumb and as we know it's Andy so it's a lot different right. okay. and there is more fold equity I now understand
1: yeah so this is where I'm gonna have to disagree with the solver because the solver isn't aware of who it's playing against. Yeah. well
0: this is where it's not even disagreeing it's just we're going to we're going to go full and exploit yeah, yeah, because because right. we can right because right. we have we have more data than the solver has
1: yeah which i think is uh, interesting like little side note and is a slight danger of the prevalence of the solver in poker is that a lot of people are going to take all solver lines as gospel which i mean it is true that it is as close to unexploitable as you can get based on current technology but that doesn't mean it is necessarily the best line, and it doesn't necessarily mean that the expected value calculations that the solver makes are true against your opponents that you're playing of against. Of course
0: not. And in fact, the lower you go in stakes, the more that's going to be the case. Yeah. Um, so the solver becomes less and less useful, I think. Except to build a baseline. Sure. But um, Which is very useful, for sure. But less and less useful as you are playing, you know, 2-5 and 1-2 and whatever, $400 tournaments and stuff five like cent, that. 5-cent, 10-cent online, you know? Right. I mean, like it can help you get better it will help you get better but also like you should be exploiting the hell out of people
1: right and even though andy's a good player who you're not going to be like targeting one to go after there's still certain tendencies that you should exploit and his tendency to be way bluffier than average <clears throat> in this spot means i think that a shove is better than a call even though the solver thinks that a call is worth a lot more than expected
0: value yeah from
1: from nick it's a. Uh, Worth $268 more than moving in of the $1,356 that it's worth.
0: So it's like a huge... It's like 20-some-odd, 26% or 27% or yeah. whatever. Yeah. that's a really big difference. Yeah. No doubt. Right. So, I yeah. mean,
1: this is where we just have to go exploit, I think, and differ from Solver.
0: It's interesting, right? You're talking about, like, Andy's not a guy you would want to go after, and I agree with that. Like... At the same point, if you're playing on live at the bike, you're going to be forced to play pots with Andy and Gary a fair amount because they play a million pots. Yeah, they're putting so many chips in. I think you have to have very clear strategies against these guys um, and actually follow through on them. And so, like, one of the strategies has got to be if you have a hand that, like, fold equity works really well with, you know, and, and can stand getting called when it doesn't work out, like, you have to make that play. You just have to. And, like, this is like the perfect hand for that, you know? Yeah. So.
1: Anyway, Nick calls. I don't love it. The solver loves it. Loves
0: it. Yeah. That's okay.
1: Pot is now $18,725, and the river does not help young Nick. It is the eight of hearts. So the board now reads three of spades, eight of diamonds, six of diamonds, 10 of spades, eight of hearts. Andy has ace of clubs, queen of diamonds. Nick has a seven of diamonds. Mm-hmm. All right. What should Andy do?
0: I mean, don't we have to give up? Yes, it feels like we should have given up earlier. I know we, I, 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 we should have given up before. We really should give up now. Nick really can have trip eights for sure. That eight doesn't change anything. That eight doesn't help Andy's range very much. Obviously, a little bit because he's so crazy, but not that much. It's better for Nick than it's better for than, than it is for Andy. Maybe by a little bit. Either way, whatever Nick had is staying the same. And it, Nick, you would think Nick always has a showdownable hand here. He called more than pot on the turn. Yeah, we have to give up.
1: I think so. Especially with our reputation as Andy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, doesn't look like Nick's folding. He'll, he's got half a pot left, right? I mean, come on. Yeah. It's time to check fold. Well, Andy does check. Good job, Andy. Should Nick go for it? By the way, solver agrees with that. 78% of the time, check. Yeah. And, we'll, well, we'll and 22%. As far as
1: expected value, it actually agrees with it in a kind of a more severe way than that. It thinks so a check is worth $121 more, and that's only worth $702
0: total. Yeah. So, so again, a big chunk of yeah. uh, the value there. Yeah.
1: Right. All right, so should Nick go for it here now that he's here, or should he just...
0: Uh, I mean, I feel like calling
1: the turn is saying, like, I think I'm ahead sometimes, almost.
0: Yeah. Uh, And the eight never changes anything. The eight does not change a damn thing. I think we should check and see what happens. I don't don't think we're going to get Andy off of enough stuff. Now, maybe we can get him off this hand. And so maybe it's going to... But, like...
1: That's the whole point, right? If, if we move in, we're targeting specifically ace king and ace queen, which we don't necessarily expect Andy to have because we know he doesn't have the
0: nut flush draw with them. We could also be targeting, like, weird small pairs that he played straight, like pocket fours that he just played weird. I guess that's possible, too. But that's it. There's not that much of that stuff based on the line he's taken, though, right? Like, usually it's much stronger and much weaker hands. Like, it's like king-queen of diamonds. Like, that makes a lot of sense to play like this, right? Yeah. Um, King-jack of diamonds. Uh, I guess he could have nine ten and play it like this, but he's not folding nine ten if we shove, no, so I there's don't know value is. in that. um I think we should check let's see if we have the best hand let's not burn $10,000 up. Sometimes this pot is ours no matter what we do, and, like, let's just see if it is this time. This is
1: part of why I wanted to move in on the turn. Yeah. Because this is just, like, a painful decision, though.
0: Yeah, and, like, it's almost like you feel, like, dumb no matter what. You're like, yeah. if, if every time I'm beat, it feels like I'm going to move in and lose $10,000, and every time I check, I'm going to feel stupid for not moving in. Yeah. <laughs> Even though that's obviously not the case.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um, And, yeah, I think we should especially give up, like I said, because we have the Ace-7 of diamonds, which means that, like... Andy is so much more likely to take a line like this if he has ace-queen-of-diamonds or ace-king-of-diamonds than a non-diamond-draw version of those hands. But now that we know he can't have those, that's problematic for having hands that can fold to us.
0: Conversely, you know, you were saying... uh the call and sometimes you think you're ahead. It's also it's also possible to call me and sometimes you think you're never ahead. And you're like, I don't have full equity here. True. So I'm not going to move in, but I've got enough equity. i got enough cards I can hit that I can see if I get there. But then we shouldn't bluff the river, right, if we think we're never ahead either. So in either case, whichever set of reasoning, he should probably check.
1: Yeah, and I think it's possible that Andy has some over pairs in his
0: range still. Yeah. Oh, because the eight pairs. I do, too. No, he, the eight pairs, and he wants to give Nick a chance to... Uh, to move in with diamonds and stuff like that, more than the eight really, because like it's only ten, it's less than half a pot. It doesn't really matter if the eight. The, pairs. the
1: one good thing about moving in would be that Nick can rep an eight. I think I yeah. think he could have like seven eight suited, eight nine suited hands like that.
0: But he can rep an eight. But what's he going to get to
1: fold? Right, I know. So, but but at least he can rep a strong hand. Although yeah. it might not really matter in
0: the end. Is he really going to call just an eight on the turn? He might against Andy. I guess he could against Andy. Yeah. But I th- I think sometimes that's going to fold against Andy there, too. Sometimes. More than, more than pot on the turn.
1: But it's Nick and it's yep, Andy. You're so right. So I think he has
0: some mates there. I agree. I agree.
1: So at least he's repping a, a decent hand, and he does move in. Okay. So he, he goes for it. And I think I think you were right uh, overall. To The checking is a little bit better. It feels a little bit better to check, um, especially because he has the diamonds blocked. Yes. Which the solver agrees with, by the way. The solver wants Nick to move in 42% of the time, so it's not like hugely... It doesn't hugely hate him moving in, Mm -hmm. and I think there's a negligible EV difference between checking and moving in. Yeah. But if Nick somehow were here with a different Ace-7 combo, it wants him to move in like 96% of the time or something like that. Yeah. Because then Andy could have the nut flush draw, which would be a better Ace usually, which would fold.
0: Yes. So... So that so there it is, and we can replace A seven with any other ace. Although all the aces don't really make sense on how he could get here with you know A seven of spades is the one that maybe makes the most sense where he has two back doors on the flop. Yeah, at maybe, least, and then he turns the combo draw. Yeah, so that that's one, and it wants him to move in ninety three percent of the time there. Yeah, um, but he he blocks the spade draw a little. Well, bit. Well, so even though we
1: more. don't like uh, the decisions necessarily that Nick's made, this is going to work.
0: Right? You would think this is gonna work.
1: Until Andy calls. Because he's Andy I calls with ace queen high. Why? He has the Queen of Diamonds in his hand. That's a reason have not to call. Absolutely no idea why. <laughs> I am at a loss. Like, what the hell? I mean, he's right. That's the thing. He's right. Yeah. But like based on him betting more than pot on the turn, it's really hard to put Nick on a missed draw.
0: It's really hard. Unless Nick has a big combo draw or like overs with the nut flush draw that he decides to call with instead of raise it at any point. Yeah. He, which he is didn't, hard to believe. He, like, he didn't
1: three bet the flop. That's one strike against it being a draw. Yeah. He didn't move in on the turn. That's another strike against it being a draw, especially when Andy bets pot. Like,
0: I don't know, man. What's Andy, what what's Nick supposed to have, though, that he takes this line with besides trip eights?
1: Uh, he could have soul paid sets and full that turn into full houses.
0: Against uh Andy specifically yeah. where he doesn't want to like scare him off. Yeah. yeah. So he like he he turns a set of tens, he flops a set of sixes, something like that, and he's like, Call, yeah, call, please shove. Oh, you didn't shove. All right, well I have to shove and yeah. Okay. So there's that. That's it though, right? Yeah. There's like some trip eights, there's full houses. Like if Nick has jacks, is he moving in here? I don't think so. I don't think so either, right? Because it's like hard to get value. You're afraid Andy's gonna snap you off with kings and full ace queen, even though he doesn't fold yeah, ace queen. That's, I mean, what you, that's what I'd be afraid of. All that
1: of. said, I think it's a lot easier to follow the logical path of Nick being here with 8-9 suited or 7-8 suited or a full house than it is him having a missed draw. Yeah, I agree. Which Especially is, when the queen of diamonds in our hand. Yeah, we have the queen of diamonds in our hand, which is a key diamond, which yeah, I feel like it's, uh, it's folding time for Andy, but Andy calls and is right. The solver absolutely fucking hates the call. The
0: solver's like,
1: who are you and why are you here? With, with Andy's specific hand, it thinks he should fold 99.6% of the time. It thinks calling is worth negative $2,109 in EV. Whereas,
0: That's of course, bad. folding is worth zero. Yeah. yeah. And to give you a sense of it, it doesn't think he should fold all the ace queens. It actually thinks that this is an extreme example, but ace queen with the ace of spades and not the queen of diamonds. So there's two combos of that. It actually thinks he should be calling 93% of the time. Most of the other ace queens, he just thinks he should fold though. Yeah. And um,
1: especially this one though.
0: This is, yeah. This is as high as it gets. Anytime you have the queen of diamonds, in your hand, it's as bad as it gets. Um, so really weird, really yeah. weird decision. Does he have a tell on Nick perhaps?
1: That is quite possible. These guys play together all the time. Andy is a pro, I think, or I think so. at least he's like quality enough poker player that he could be a pro. Yeah. I mean, and he
0: plays for enough money. Well, I'm more than most. Pros
1: yeah. Play for. Nick's not really a pro and maybe, sure. maybe he is giving some physical stuff away some of the time. It's maybe, possible. especially
0: maybe in this kind of a spot where it's a really big bet on a bluff on a river where there's no improving maybe maybe that's where he can feel it the most we've
1: seen nick be kind of an emotional guy from time to time that type of person i think is more likely to have tells that's good in general good point
0: um how long does andy take before he calls it's not very long so he it's like he had a plan he's like yeah i'm going to check call here well yeah you can see why if he has ace queen without a diamond in there you could at least make a case for calling i don't even know if i like it then but at least there's a case yeah it doesn't seem like there's a case when you have a diamond in your hand. And I guess the solver just agrees. I mean, even though he was right, physical tell or forget it, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess it was the right call against Nick. Maybe he's just expert.